if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. It's the fantasy Bible. It's draft season. So you know that we had to we had to come on and, and talk a little draft talk, but also, you know, put our put our own spin on it. I'm here today, as always, with Dane Vega. Dane, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh feeling fresh and loose. The draft is approaching. A lot of my future bets are not gonna pan out, but that's okay because it's the most fun part of the offseason, I think. Uh after this, there's not much to look forward to before preseason. So I'm very excited to see what happens on uh April 27th when the draft kicks off here. Yeah, it's basically we do the draft and then then it's really our time, Dane. Then it's the fantasy time to, yeah. to shine. That's when we're we're gonna start cranking out dynasty rookie rankings and actual, you know, redraft mock drafts and auction drafts. And hey, that's really like June through when training camp starts. It's it's for the fantasy podcasters to dominate. Forget about your NFL news cycle. It's all about prediction and conjecture. And, and and mock drafts at, at that point of year. So I'm excited to get into that as well. Oh, yeah. And for you guys today, I believe we are doing our top five favorite NFL players, offense and defense, if I'm correct on that. And it should be fun. Make your case. Who's fun to watch? Who have you just planted your flag on? And uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, hopefully nothing too controversial. I did not pick Aaron Rodgers, although I thought that could be a fun talking point. <laughs> but I just couldn't muster the courage to be so uh, antagonistic today. <laughs> and you're probably wondering, how do, what do our NFL favorite NFL players have to do with the draft? Well, the draft is all about identifying players that are fun to watch. So we're going to talk through who are our favorite NFL players, not not the best NFL players, but just our favorites. Who do we love to watch? Who 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 when we you know put on red zone on a Sunday afternoon? Who's popping off the the quad box? Um, and then we're going to talk about what are some NFL comps for those players? You know, if if we bring up if Dane were to bring up Aaron Rodgers, we wouldn't have much to say because there's nothing approaching uh, you know an NFL comp or a draft comp of of Aaron Rodgers in this draft. But if he were to bring up, say, you know, Jalen Hurts or a QB like that, we might have a a different uh, example for him. So we're going to do our best uh, to identify a similar player in this year's upcoming draft so that if you hear a player here and you're like, hey, yeah, I, I like watching that player, then you can identify who you might want your team to draft uh, next Thursday. So, Dane, before we uh, we do this, I do have a mystery question for All you. All right. I could tell you were setting up for one. I'm excited. The first one of 2023. Let's go. 
And this is this is a two part. I'm gonna first. I'm gonna ask you to uh, answer a question, and then we'll have a little activity. Uh, both of which you will be uh, radically unprepared for, as is the no nature of the mystery <laughs> question. Okay, so what's what's been kind of interesting to me is the way that certain teams are being talked about in this offseason cycle. Like you would think that the Lions and not the Eagles were the Super Bowl runner-ups with hmm. with how teams are are talking about the Lions. And I think I think it's great. The Lions are a very fun team to root for, a fun team to watch. We all love Dan Campbell. But to me, there really isn't that much of a difference between where the Lions are at, roster-wise, coaching-wise, and where the Panthers are at. Now, granted, they just did get a new head coach in Frank Reich, but he's a a head coach with experience that that we know uh, is going to bring some a certain level of competence to that organization. And then they also, if you just kind of look at their roster, it's a much stronger roster than you, you might guess, uh, given how people sort of generally think of the Panthers, uh, who, are, who are now drafting number one overall, and how they think of the Lions. So I want you to think, which team sounds better to you? The Lions, as as they are, led by Jared Goff, or the Panthers after drafting Bryce Young and Zay Flowers. So they add a little bit to that receiving core that's got DJ Chark and Adam Thielen, and they add probably the, the star talent in this year's NFL draft, at, at least at quarterback. Um, and then they have the competency of Frank Reich at qu- quarterback. How does that compare to the Jared Goff-led Lions in your mind? So I think it would bring them much closer, but my immediate thought is that the Lions are obviously going to be drafting people themselves, and I don't believe they necessarily need to pin their highest picks on the offense. I think what they will do or should do is shore up their defense a bit because their offense was one of the better ones, higher scoring last year. And if you know they make mediocre picks on the defense enough to bolster them into the middle of the pack or slightly lower than the middle of the pack, then I would I would pick the Lions as the better team, despite the Panthers taking a top, you know, one on one rookie quarterback and a top three potentially wide receiver in this year's draft class in Zay Flowers. I think that the Lions are still better suited in a better position. Um both with continuity and the coaching staff and the Panthers have a lot to shake out in the first few weeks of the season. It could lead to a slow start, especially with a rookie quarterback, not docking the talent to Bryce Young at all. I think he's going to be very fun to watch, very good quarterback. But I just think the Lions had the edge uh, given their performance last year and their roster on offense is pretty solid. Might even add a receiver a little later themselves. Uh, but if they add to that defense a little bit, I think they could be a much more well-rounded team looking for an actual playoff run. That would be really fun. I think that's that's the right answer. Um, I just wanted to, to call attention to, one, sort of the the amount of hype that the Lions are getting, uh, which is a team that is still led by Jared Goff. And I know that he played mm-hmm. well last year but it's it's kind of like the narrative for the lions right now is this is going to be their their prove it season like if dan campbell can't make it to the playoffs and maybe even make it to the divisional this year then what will they have been building towards um and it's just kind of funny that 
I think that this team that's in, the, in their quote-unquote prove-it season could end up having a similar record to the Panthers, who are kind of in their first uh, first year of a, a rebuild, for lack of a, a better phrase. I mean, they're not really in a rebuild because they've got a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. They've got a, a decent offensive line. It's really just at the skill positions where, where they're lacking. And if they can add to that in the draft and get, you know, above average rookie quarterback play from Bryce Young, you could be looking at two nine to 10 win teams. And I, and the lions who are now the sort of the resounding favorite to win their division in the betting odds. Um, I think you could be looking at uh a profitable opportunity by taking the Panthers in similar fashion. I think that's a fair take. They're both in uh, weaker divisions in the NFC there. Uh, the Panthers don't have all that much competition aside. I mean, I imagine the saints are probably the uh, betting odds favorites with adding Derek Carr. They do have some offensive talent there and a solid enough defense. So yeah, they both have like not perennial contender teams within their division. So I, I could see their win total shaking out to be pretty close by the uh, time playoffs roll around. So I think you're, you're spot on there calling attention to that, but I would still bet with the lions and it's just more fun. Oh yeah. It's much more fun to bet on the lions. Although I think just in terms of value, I, I'm curious what the Panthers are at, because when you look at like, you know what it takes to win the division, a lot of times it's, are you the most competent coach in your division? And I wouldn't be surprised if that's already the case for the Panthers in the NFC South, although I do, am a, I am a little bit more fond of Arthur Smith than uh, than some other folks. All right, let's get into the second part of this mystery question, in Dane, in which we'll, we will be using the PFF NFL Mock Draft Simulator for you to select the Patriots' first round draft oh, pick. No. Okay, so I will <laughs> I will get this queued up for us here. I will go into the mock draft simulator i will select the patriots um we'll go more off the public board than the pff board and we'll do a low level of randomness so this can look uh, pretty realistically what it might look like on draft night we will enter the draft all right here are the top six players on the board dane and i think this actually might make it pretty easy for you uh wide receiver out of tcu size speed set threat uh quentin johnston wide receiver out of ohio state uh possession slot receiver jackson smith and jigba undersized pass rusher from pittsburgh kalajah Kansi, um smooth route running tight end from utah dalton kincaid feisty cornerback from maryland deontay banks and do it all safety from Alabama, Brian Branch. I can keep going, but is there a player from that six that you would like to officially make the the fantasy Bible New England Patriots mock draft selection of 2023? So, yeah, I would love it to be Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, but we don't need to really talk about the Patriots drafting record with wide, wide receivers early in the draft. <laughs> so that scares me because I'm almost dooming him to a, a life of underperforming and busting. But um, I, I could see them taking the best cornerback available here. I mean, they they have some roles to fill in their secondary. So 
you know, Bill, defensive-minded, always valuing cornerback and uh, secondary talent there. I, I could see that happening. Or it could be a player you didn't even list because who did they draft last year? Cole, Cole Strange, Strange yeah. in the first round who nobody had more than a third grade round on. So, like, it's tough to predict the Patriots, and I hate it. And I kind of wish they had a GM at this point that could actually take it over and give a fresh lease of life onto the draft process. It's been a bit um, underwhelming, let's say, uh, the past few years. So my vote is Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think he's the most talented one you mentioned, and they do have a needed receiver. I would like to see him take over that Jacoby Myers uh, role, but hopefully to a higher fashion, higher ceiling. Um yeah, yeah, so those would be my two picks, or they're just going to go like a left guard or something. Yeah, I should really just I should filter positions by guard, scroll down to the third round range, and kind of just randomly click from the the smallest school I can find because that's what it'll probably be. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, welcome to the Patriots. Uh, hopefully, you can supplant Juju Smith Schuster in an incredibly similar. Uh, positional role yeah um, that is the only problem to my wishes there yeah yeah but i think jackson smith and jigba is already better than Juju schuster so. all right let's get into today's show we're going to talk about our favorite nfl players and if there is a comp for them in the 2023 nfl draft class dane i i have a couple extras because it was very hard for me to list players that weren't all on the Eagles. Um, <laughs> so I have some Eagles comps and then I have some non-Eagles comps. And I will start us off here because I do have a couple extras with my favorite wide receiver in the league. He's been my favorite wide receiver since I scouted him coming out of Alabama and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles traded up to draft him 10th overall, jumping the New York football giants. And that would be Devontae Smith. Um, Devontae Smith would probably be my favorite wide receiver if he, even if he wasn't an Eagles fan. There's, you know, when you when you're watching players and you see the guys that are some kind of extreme outlier from everybody else on the field, and yet they're still able to succeed. Um that warms my heart a little bit. And and seeing a guy that is uh, skinnier than I was in high school, uh, running around, leaping over corners twice his size is, is incredible. Um, but for me, it was also, it wasn't, you know, the contested catch ability of Devontae Smith sort of revealed itself. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it happened a lot in college as well, but it was like, he's not going to be able to do that at the next level. What we're really looking at here is a incredibly precise, incredibly smooth route runner um, that can win at all, you know, all three levels of the defense with his route running ability. And Devontae Smith turned to be turned out to be more than that. He turned out to be also a 50-50 ball winner and a surprisingly tough blocker. Um, two things that don't make any sense for his size. Hmm. But a player that I think has that that first uh trait that three level route running separation trait would be jordan addison out of usc um who played with uh kenny pickett at pittsburgh in kenny pickett's senior year and racked up some insane production totals around 1600 yards and a, a large quantity of touchdowns as well i don't remember right off the top of my head 
Um, and then went to USC to play with Caleb Williams. So uh, NFL quarterbacks all around in Jordan Addison's uh, college career. And he posted something like 900 yards and seven touchdowns, missed a couple games, but uh, continuing to look the part when you watch Jordan Addison, he just, he's the kind of guy that just snaps off his breaks. Like he's heading one direction. And then next thing you know, he's heading the other direction. He's so good at getting corners to bite on a double move. He's so good at creating uh, space where there isn't a lot of space. So, like you watch him in the red zone, an area where you you or you naturally think the bigger players are going to dominate, and he's able to find little pockets uh, to to connect with the quarterback there. He he just seems like he's going to be that precise West Coast slot receiver and Z uh, receiver that is always open, that is racking up. 10 targets a game that maybe isn't breaking the big play. And we, when we get into the knocks on Jordan Addison, his 5'11 and 170-pound frame is probably the biggest one. Um, but I, I really enjoy watching him. I have a thing for undersized, refined receivers, and, and he checks that box. Um, he's a little different in from Devontae in that Devontae has an absurd wingspan. He's 6'1". Uh, Devontae's just got a lot more length to his game and, and a, a surprising amount of power uh, for his slight frame. Jordan Addison does get you know beat up a little bit on the field, uh, struggles a little bit with press coverage, but from that route running ability, really enjoy Jordan Addison and hope that he goes to uh, a Chargers-like franchise with with a quarterback that can that can make him thrive. Yeah, uh, well said. I love watching Devontae Smith succeed in the NFL against all odds. That's been fun. Um, he's clearly that dude, um, even though A.J. Brown is, of course, still on that team and very talented himself. It's hard to uh, take that take anything away from Devontae Smith uh, just with that guy on his team. Like he, When he makes a play, it's just as much of a highlight reel as anything A.J. Brown can do, although they play a slightly different role in that offense. But when he goes up and has that body control, makes that twisting catch on the sideline toe tap, it's just, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many receivers are truly better than him in the NFL. It's probably less than 15. So he's up there and he's, quote unquote, the wide receiver two on his team. We can, I don't even want to argue about that. But uh, yeah, he's super fun to watch. And hopefully Jordan Addison that you're you're talking about in this upcoming draft class, even slighter frame and size, hopefully he can live up to some of the things that Devontae Smith is capable of doing in the NFL. It would certainly be fun to watch more uh, smaller receivers coming into the NFL this draft class. So it's going to be make or break for the trend that seems to be sizing down the player size in the NFL overall. Yeah, and and that's the big trend with this year's draft class. You, you know, we I don't know how many receivers we'll talk about in this segment, but um, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Quentin Johnston are the two first round receivers who are over two hundred pounds, and everyone else is substantially under two hundred pounds. Which uh, it remains to be seen how much of an issue that will be. But that's just the trend for this year's class. Dane, who is your first? Uh, favorite player and then we'll see if we can come up with a, a draft comp for him all right i got another wide receiver he's just somebody i believed in from the moment i saw him on the field as a rookie uh also a similar role on his offense as the wide receiver too 
uh, quote unquote, but he could be a wide receiver one on any other given offense, kind of like Devontae Smith could be. And that's T. Higgins. I just love watching the man play, work downfield. Uh, he struggles through injury sometimes, but he's just such a brutal, brutal guy at the point of the catch. And he's got that body control. He's got massive size. He's like 6'5, 215. Um, so he's almost similar, more similar to AJ Brown in um, his play style. But uh, I, I just love watching him play, watching him succeed. He's just been somebody I've loved to follow as his career in the NFL uh, goes on and on. So hope he gets that renewed contract with the Bengals. That would be awesome to see him stay there with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow for quite a while. If that's the case, he's going to continue to be dominant. And if he doesn't stay there, please, Patriots, uh, look at this man. <laughs> he could be your wide receiver, one that you need. Pay him a lot of money. Uh, I don't know anything else on that offense is working to the utmost fashion right now, but he would make it better. Um, and I don't even know if there's like a draft comp. Maybe Quentin Johnson would be like the closest thing, but I would argue that it's just a, a, a tier or two down from what T. Higgins is capable of. So. Yeah, like you said, there's not a lot of big-bodied guys who go up and make those contested catches in this draft class. Yeah, um, you're essentially, like you said, it, you're you're dropping to the next tier down to find it. And I think the guy that came to mind was Cedric Tillman mm-hmm. out of um, Tennessee. And Cedric Tillman, even more if I were to find like the perfect comp for him, it would probably be more of like a Michael Pittman uh, player who who does have that size but isn't necessarily – the acrobatic contested catcher or the, you know, my ball or no one's ball player at the catch point that T Higgins is, but having that, that bigger frame, uh, T Higgins is six, four, two sixteen, uh, 34 and a half inch arms. Cedric Tillman, six, three to 13, 32 and three quarters inch arms. They're, they're a similar size. If you look at their athleticism metrics, similar athleticism as well in that they're not, you know, the most athletic guys, but they can play that true X outside vertical receiver for you. Um, you're not going to be, if you're looking at dynasty prospects, you're not going to be, uh, you know, getting a T Higgins most likely if you were to target Cedric Tillman. But I think it's, uh, if you're sort of scared off the the size profile of a lot of these receivers, I want to take a bigger body that achieved in the SEC with NFL talent, both around him and uh, competing against him. I think Cedric Tillman is probably a, a decent, a decent fit, although the comp isn't necessarily one-to-one there. Yeah, yeah, well said. Awesome. Um, I'm going to take us uh, still on the offensive side of the ball into um, the running back, into the backfield. And I'm curious if you have this player on your list as well, because I think we both just love watching him, and that would be Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb is it was tough to put on this list a little bit because I'm not really wanting anything to do with the Browns right now, and, and <laughs> I'm sort of generally – rooting against the overall success of that franchise. That said, when I first started a dynasty team a couple of years ago, Nick Chubb was the running back I I targeted uh, since I've traded him away, but wasn't without, you know, sincere feelings of regret when I made that decision. Uh, Nick Chubb, just a player that seems to 
embody the spirit of the running back position. You know, the the toughness, the ability to make one cut and and be gone, and not necessarily always through being faster than everybody else, but but having that vision to to read your blocks, to know the angle that you need to take downfield, and to having that strength and toughness to kind of just blast through anyone that's in your way. And Nick Chubb is just like, once his legs start moving, there's really no bringing him down after he makes that sort of initial jump cut. And uh, and yeah, there's just certain plays where, you know, it's it's 20 yards out, you know, low red zone area. And Nick Chubb gets the ball, and you just know that he's he's going to end that play with a touchdown because there's just a, a a force of personality and a relentlessness to the way that he runs that is uh, incredibly enjoyable to watch. And he's a player, especially as we talk about from the fantasy perspective, that always delivers like the value of where you draft him and occasionally even over delivers like you never really have to reach to get nick chubb you're taking him in redraft leagues at the end of the first round at the top of the second round he's your rb1 maybe he misses two or three games from you know an mcl bruise or something a knee bruise or something like that but at, uh, usually at the end of the day you never regret having drafted nick chubb and so just for his consistency his reliability and his embodiment of what it means to be a running back i, I could not leave leave nick chubb off this list yeah, uh so i do not have him on my list but he certainly came to mind um so i'm glad that you brought him up because he deserves that respect i love watching him run there are far uh, maybe there are no better runners in the NFL than Nick Chubb. Like you said, his vision, his contact balance, he's got the size and determination to finish that run. He's just so fun to roll, fun to watch and probably doesn't get enough kudos on the NFL, uh, you know, shows and talking heads. Uh, but when he does, you can clearly see the talent when he makes that highlight reel on ESPN for the 60-yard run. He broke four tackles. Like, he's got it all. He can do it. Um, yeah, I love the player. Love watching him. Yeah, and while uh, while there isn't a, a first round comp for Nick Chubb, he, Nick Chubb wasn't a first round player, and so I kind of went digging to see who would kind of line up with his profile. And obviously, if you're listening, you might be thinking, "Well, what about Bijan? Bijan's the top running back in this class. Uh, Bijan, much more of a well rounded." prospect more of a smooth mover um and and more of a well-rounded pass catcher than the Nick Chubb was but when you look at these kind of uh low to the ground low hips uh players that are just uh have tackle breaking strength and and violent one cut uh, ability um the one that came to mind was Israel Abanaconda and I hope I'm saying that name right but he is the running back out of Pittsburgh and with running backs, uh, you know, there's usually a lot in every draft class and you kind of just have to sort through and see who catches your eye when you watch their highlight reel or, or when you hear their name comes up, come up in scouting reports. And uh, Israel Abanaconda, I'll call him Izzy. Izzy was that for me. Um, 5'10", uh, 216 pounds, so not quite as built and, and as Nick Chubb, who I think is around... 5'11", 220, but a lot of the running backs in this year's class hover right around 200 pounds. So uh, Izzy has a 
closer to that size and he is just that he he's big and he has extreme lateral jump cut talent like he can just violently uh you know jet in one direction and then break tackles uh in on his route to big plays where he doesn't uh quite have he doesn't quite have the vision of Nick Chubb, like you know, you know, the vision to see the angle that you need to take ahead of time. And then he doesn't quite have the contact balance of Nick Chubb. Like he has the tackle breaking ability, but when he gets uh when his lower end gets tripped up, he he usually goes down pretty quickly. So I'm not saying again that you're gonna find Nick Chubb uh in drafting Izzy. And funny enough, the 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 comp that the uh that Lancer line the NFL scout gives is Isaiah Pacheco. And uh, mm. Isaiah Pacheco is kind of an, he's not like quite Nick Chubb in terms of size, but he does have that violentness to his feet that is kind of similar. Um, so yeah, halfway between Isaiah Pacheco and Nick Chubb is Izzy Abanaconda. Although I, I didn't really do enough research to say this outright, but I do, I am curious in Roshan Johnson, who was Bijan Robinson's backup and is also draft eligible this year. Um, he has, you know, NFL running back size and always popped off when I, like there were so many times where I was like, oh yeah, Bijan does look good. And then I was like, oh wait, that's, that's Roshan Johnson. So um, hmm. check, out, check out Roshan Johnson as well. Probably would have been a starter on a lot of college teams, but was running behind the best running back in college football. So I didn't have that opportunity. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my Nick Chubb brand. Uh, yeah, well, well stated. I mean, I love Nick Chubb. I got nothing to say. I don't even know Izzy myself, um, but I'm going to look him up after this. I'm curious. He could be a late round steal in your rookie mock drafts and, or sorry, uh, your rookie dynasty drafts, or maybe a 15th, 16th round guy in your redraft leagues, depending on his landing spot. Um, I will be looking into that myself. So I'm going to switch it to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, my second favorite player um, came on strong this year as a rookie, won some accolades. It is Sauce Gardner. Nice. I just I knew you were gonna have Sauce. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know what it is because like when cornerbacks are so dominant, they don't get targeted. The ball is just not thrown to them. So they're not really like on the highlight reels unless they got burned. And that kind of sucks for them and their uh, ability to get on those highlight reels. But when you are targeted less than like four times a game and you just shut people down, top receivers as a rookie, and you have sauce as your name, you wear a bottle of hot sauce in a a chain around your neck. Like, I, I don't know. He's got everything I want out of like a flashy, but... Uh, when he's in interviews, he's understated. He's humble. He understands his place. Uh, I, I just see him as like the next best cornerback of the next five, six years. They don't have the longest like shelf life as a corner. And then he'll bump to like free safety or short safety or something. But um, yeah, I just love everything he's doing on the Jets defense there. It's just going to make that team very hard to deal with in the passing game for quite a while. Yeah, I, I love Sauce. Um, I, the only reason I didn't put him on my list is because I realized, and this is probably me watching a little more NFC football and you watching a little more AFC uh, East stuff, is I realized that I actually haven't watched him a ton. Like, I love the highlights and I love the mm -hmm. the drip and the cheese head thing and all of that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I realized I, I haven't uh, 
like I, I watched him more as a prospect than an, an NFL player. Um, but in terms of comp, there really is no comp to him in, in this class. Mm-hmm. But it, this gives us a, a, a quick opportunity to touch on the corners. Uh, Devin Witherspoon, the top two corners at least. Top two, uh, Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois is the spiritual comp for Sauce Gardner in that he has the swag, he has the on-field energy, he's coming down. Uh, although Sauce is even a bit more like of uh like he reminds me more of prime time and that Sauce isn't mm-hmm. gonna go like, you know, nail a running back in the flat if it if it risks him getting hurt and and not making a you know incredible pass breakup on the next play. Devin Witherspoon doesn't have any of that. He is he is he will throw his body, he will break his body regardless mm-hmm. of the play. And so like it's kind of funny to watch a, a you know a corner's tape or a corner's highlight reel and have it mostly be run stop plays instead of uh pass breakups and it's not that Devin Witherspoon isn't equally talented and instinctual as a as a true corner. It's just the energy and the thumping that he brings for like a, a sub one hundred and ninety pound player uh, is 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 a lot of fun. And then Christian Gonzalez is sort of your more prototypical uh, size, length, speed uh, corner out of Oregon who fits Sauce more to the the physical dimensions. Um, but he isn't quite as smooth as Sauce, um, nor does I do think do I think he has Sauce's uh, competitive spirit. Um, and then Joey Porter Jr. is the other uh, top corner in this class, who's more of a man to man, reminiscent of J.C. Horn, and that he can he'll beat you up on the sideline, but might get a few uh, holding penalties. Um, so, that's, so that's a quick overview of the corners in this class, um, but. None will come close, I think, to Sauce Gardner. Uh, although I think Devin Witherspoon will be equally enjoyable to watch. Uh, <laughs> Looking forward to it then. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to slide right past my next player, who was uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And I really just had him on here because I wanted to talk about Devin Witherspoon. Uh, they're not really similar players, but they they play the same way on the field. The same feisty energy, same get in your face uh, yeah. you know, have you fight an AJ Green? Actually, that was Jalen Ramsey. I can't remember who was fighting uh, <laughs> Chauncey Gardner. Oh, it was Michael Thomas, wasn't it? Michael Thomas was fighting him in camp, and then uh, Mike think, Evans, maybe. Um, no, no, no. Javon Wims, I feel like, is the name uh, that comes to mind. Oh, in camp, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he. This was actually recorded on the field. He was like a Chicago Bears like slot receiver that mm. just like could not handle Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And, <laughs> and, you know, Javon Williams, like, probably not an NFL player anyway and uh, was exposed also from a mentality standpoint that day. Um, so, yeah, most likely to get in fight with wide receivers would be uh, Devin Witherspoon and uh, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And they share that similarity. Um, so I'll, I'll also touch on a player on the defensive side of the ball, and that would be Max Crosby. Uh, Max Crosby, okay. really love to watch him. And a lot of the times is like, how did this player come into your life? For me, it was hard knocks. Max Crosby was a, a fourth round rookie when the Raiders were on hard knocks, which was, I believe, also the, the season that uh, 
Antonio Brown showed up to training camp in a hot air balloon and, and burned his feet off. So it, it took a lot to stand out on the Raiders that year. And uh, Max Crosby still managed to catch my eye. Um, just sort of his his relentless effort. It's, and like I've sort of talked about with a lot of these guys, it's it's the energy that they bring when they're on the field. And you always notice Max Crosby because he is always like violently celebrating sacks, violently celebrating uh, TFLs and on a team that, you know, to, to bring that energy when you're, you're on a Josh McDaniels coach team that isn't living up to its expectations is, is all the more admirable. He's got the tatted up sleeves. He was, he's a pro bowl player. That was a fourth round pick. Um, you know, I could have easily put Josh Sweat here for similar reasons, but wanted to to get some non-Eagles on the list. And so Max Crosby is up there for me. Um, and then I also thought that he had a, an easy pro comp in Andre Carter out of Army. Um, just because if you look back at Max Crosby's scouting reports, they were essentially, oh, this guy is all length. He has, you know, the the longest arms, um, but he's he's using his length to win right now. And in in the NFL, he'll need to add some weight, grow into his frame a little more, and then add to his pass rush uh, repertoire. And uh, Andre Carter is, is a good comp for that for somewhat different reasons. He is a edge rusher out of Army um, who has similar traits in his body, uh, incredible length, nice long wingspan, um, but is also very light. Now, the reason that he is light is because if you go to one of these military schools, um, there are, you know, size weight restrictions that you must keep throughout the entire year for being, you know, a, a soldier in the United States Army. So you can't, you know, be a, a defensive end at, you know, 290 pounds. You just can't add the weight that you would need to necessarily to compete the rest of your military training. Um, and so I believe this is also a player that had to get like a special waiver to, you know, forego his service um, to play in the NFL draft. And at this point last year, he was being talked about in in the first rounds. Um, he'll he'll probably go in the sixth round or seventh round due to the fact that his size is just you'll need to redshirt him for a year as as you put on the weight. Um, but I think he can have a Max Crosby-like arc into where he gets on a team, grows into his body, and then is just a, a celebrated pass rusher in years to come. Very um, interesting deep cut on that comp. I like that. Um, yeah, not familiar at all. Uh, be interesting to see if he can succeed in the NFL. But Max Crosby is a good player. And I do want to add to your previous uh, subtle note to CJG, right? Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Uh, he was not on my list. But I did want to put him on there because you just like those spicy cornerbacks who, uh, oh, man, it's just so fun to watch on the field. And you hope they're not getting into fistfights and setting a bad example for our children and all that. But, like, it's just fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah, and it was hard to put him on here, honestly, because I really, really, really wanted the Eagles to uh, re-sign him. Yeah. Um, and that didn't happen. But he goes to the Lions, so it's not like he went to a place where he'll be – you know, he's going to fit perfectly in there, and he's yeah. it's still going to be great to to root for him there. And I almost put James Bradbury on there as well, just because another physical tough corner, but had to limit the Eagles. Um, all right, who's the next player on your list? 
Next player, I got the first quarterback that we're talking about, uh, Josh Allen. I mean, he didn't have the best season. He suffered with an elbow injury last year, but what he can do on the field as just he's built bigger than any running back and has as much like run up the uh, middle ability as any of the bigger running backs has. And he's got the massive arm to boot. He just has developed into the most fun to watch quarterback against all odds. He was not a good prospect coming out of uh, college into the NFL, but I would argue he's the most fun quarterback to watch in the NFL now uh, in his current state. So hoping for that elbow to be 100%, which by all accounts it will be, and the Bills to get back to their dominance on offense uh, yet again. And I just want to see what what he can do for the rest of his career. Mahomes, of course, very fun to watch too for a different reason. Uh, But Josh Allen, the way he can marry that passing and running ability is just something special. I don't think we're going to see a lot of players like him, but more than we ever have. And that leads to the comp. <laughs> yeah, the the, the, uh, the comp is a pretty obvious one here. The one thing yeah. I'll say real quick about Josh Allen, why he didn't make my list is like stupid football plays still really do kind of tick me off. And there's a mm-hmm. little... There's a little Carson Wentz living somewhere within Josh Allen <laughs> that just comes out to play every once in a while. Maybe and, a very uh, small amount, but yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. Um, just situational football intelligence, not always there for Josh Allen and uh, never really there for Carson Wentz. So, um, But yeah, the obvious comp, and I'll just shout out Jalen Hurts here. Uh, I'm going to talk about a different you know, quarterback for my favorite player type, um, because I didn't want to be too uh Eagles heavy, but also too similar around. Like I figured you would have Josh Allen and we would want to talk about Anthony Richardson. Um, but uh, Josh Allen is a closer arc uh than Jalen Hurts to Anthony Richardson, similar size. And this is the guy that should be going number one overall in this class instead of the wispy uh Bryce Young. Um, when you watch Josh Allen, you know, and I can't even just, uh, look up, look up Benjamin Solak's videos on, on Anthony Richardson, um, because he'll be able to say it more poetically than I think we can, but it's, it's all the tools that Josh Allen came out of Wyoming with. He's further along in his development. Um, and he, offers a floor of rushing ability to where you could you could be playing him this year in a, in a run first offense in a Justin Fields style uh you know run 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 deep play action shot style offense and then and then watch his game grow from there um he has the highest ceiling easily out of anyone in this quarterback class uh the strongest arm easily out of anyone in this quarterback class um, the best rushing ability easily out of anyone in this quarterback class. And that's uh, that's important. You know, we just had a, a Super Bowl between two quarterbacks with rushing ability. And now uh, Mahomes doesn't have the same necessarily rushing ability that uh, Jalen Hurts or Anthony Richardson do, but he still has it. He still has that mobility to his game. That's an essential. That's not something you're getting from C.J. Stroud. Uh, mm-hmm. or or getting to the same degree from the other quarterbacks in this class. So I love Anthony Richardson. I think all the 
uh, you know, underdeveloped stuff is understated. Um, he wasn't really playing with very good receiving talent uh, his his senior year or his last year rather at at the University of Florida. Um, I don't know what else, what else is there to say about Anthony Richardson. <laughs> He is just going to be so incredibly fun to watch, fun for fantasy. Uh, Can't wait to see where he goes so we can start extrapolating what his season might look like, what receivers he's throwing to, all of that. But he's no doubt going to be fun. I'm completely bought in on on him as a prospect and that he has a very high chance of developing in the NFL, um, more so than ever before as teams turn to the running quarterback uh, mantra here as we've seen be successful with Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, etc. Mahomes to some degree, like you said, um, Lamar Jackson, of course. So it's it's becoming a trend and it's not going to go away. Just gives offenses another facet to turn to when uh, a play breaks down or even to design around it. And we'll talk about um, more of these, uh, you know, how these players fit in their landing spots when they're actually drafted. But if Anthony Richardson were to go to the Colts, you know, week seven, 2021, Shane Steichen takes over play calling from Nick Sirianni. The Eagles start uh, a more run-focused game plan, win the, a bunch of the rest of their games, get into the playoffs, and the rest is history. And Shane Steichen is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, so he knows how to maximize this sort of running skill set. Um while also developing it into a into a more fearsome passing skill set. So, yeah, uh, if you are in need of a quarterback in, in Dynasty Leagues, definitely be targeting Anthony Richardson across uh, all these other players. And then the other quarterback I want to shout out is Joe Burrow. Um, just, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts, you know, he's my guy. He's my favorite quarterback. But when we talk about just personal favorites, stylistic favorites, just sheer swag factor, who doesn't yeah. love Joe Burrow? Um, you know, he's he's got the outfits, he's got the pregame outfits, he's got the the heart rate that never seems to exceed 60 BPM, just kind of sitting there, taking sacks, taking damage, and just dicing up the opposition, willing his team to success. Um dropping quotes like the window is my whole career <laughs> i mean joe burrow yeah. make joe burrow makes cincinnati cool i mean it's not an easy thing to do not since chad otrocinco has the, been a player <laughs> to make cincinnati cool and joe burrow does that um so shout out joe burrow and i was just kind of thinking like bryce young isn't a terrible joe burrow comp like a a player that um you know, he's a little bit more Tyler Murray run around in the backfield and make plays than Joe Burrow is, but he's also kind of uh, feel the soft spots in the zone, maybe not the strongest arm, pick apart the defense, uh, point guard distributor kind of player. And I think a lot of those traits line up with Joe Burrow as well. Bryce Young, of course, the quarterback out of Alabama, if we didn't mention that is severely undersized uh, and that's where sort of the comparison stops um mm-hmm. i i am not a huge bryce young fan uh he's he I, to me he screams the kind of player that uh isn't going to dominate at the the next level but uh curious if you have any other thoughts there 
No, I, I feel very similarly. Um, Joe Burrow was another name that immediately crossed my mind upon making these top five favorite lists. Um, I only picked Josh Allen above him because I I just think when a quarterback lowers his shoulder against a, <laughs> a linebacker for that extra yard, like that just gets me going on game day on red zone. So um, that's the only reason I chose Josh Allen above Joe Burrow, but he was my obvious favorite. Um, as far as like character personality goes, it's probably Joe Burrow myself as well. Um, but on the field, I just like watching what Josh Allen can do both to get one yard and to get 70. So yeah, I absolutely love that you mentioned him. You mentioned a lot of the players that I didn't, so I, I didn't, and I wanted to. So I think that's perfect. I, I can only agree with the things you've said so far. Well, it's it's fine too. Like you know, at least we're we're, ch- we're shouting out some Devonte Smiths and some T Higgins and and Max Crosby's and some players that aren't necessarily you know the top of their position, but of course our favorites are some of the best players in yeah. the in the league. You know, and and I will say, uh, shout out to Kobe Brissett. I wasn't going to put him on this list, but I do enjoy Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> uh, just, uh, just to shout out one of those mid-tier to lower-tier quarterbacks that isn't going to ever sniff one of these lists. Um, Who is your next player? Brock Purdy. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but when you mentioned Jacoby Brissett, I was like, "Oh, that would be that would be Brock Purdy for me." Yeah. But, uh, so my next player is not Nick Chubb, but Derrick Henry for a lot of the same reasons that mm-hmm. we talked about. I mean, there's just not a more dominant human being running on the NFL. The field. inevitability of Derrick Henry is that's what they should call his 30 <laughs> for 30 or something. Yeah, the inevitability is is a great way to put it. If he's turning that corner and you think you've got the angle, yeah, you might you might have the angle. But his stiff arm is going to make you look silly. <laughs> yeah, it's just so fun every time. Yeah, Derrick Henry doesn't need to pick his angles like Nick <laughs> does because they don't matter. Yeah, yeah he, the whole field is an angle. Yeah. A behemoth of a man running that ball, and when he gets to full speed, goodbye. Uh, good luck tackling him. You better get his ankle and clip it just right. Hope you don't get a concussion on the way down because he's running you over. I, uh, I mean, just some of the best highlight reels uh, since Beast Mode, probably. So. Hoping he can continue this uh, streak for another year. I would just love to watch more of it. Uh, he is getting a little older, about 28 now, I think, maybe. But, uh, man, he's just so fun to watch. So he's the one running back that I put on here. Nick Chubb was my second one just because running the football, neither person can be topped by anyone else in the league, I think, as a runner. Is Derrick Henry a Hall of Fame player from your perspective? I think he should be. I mean, I don't see why not. If we're talking Hall of Fame running backs of the last five years, I have to think he's in the argument for against anyone. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, like if 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 Rob Gronkowski is like the perfect example of like what a Hall of Fame tight end is, like maybe someone that didn't have the longest career but was the most dominant player in their position for multiple years, then I think Derrick Henry should definitely. You know, he fits I think that, so. that same uh, traits. Um, what's well, also from a fantasy perspective, what makes Derrick Henry so likable is like, you know, your score watching and it's, you know, halfway through the third quarter and Derrick Henry only has three points and you're not 
you know, you know, you're not breaking a sweat because you, you just know once that fourth quarter hits, he is just going to be running the ball down their throats. And we didn't really get that as much this year, like that classic Derrick Henry. Oh, here comes the fourth quarter, Derrick Henry, 120 yards and a touchdown to close the game out. I feel like that wasn't there quite as much. Um, but in the, in the years past, it's just been, yeah, I don't even care that he only has two points because I know he's going to finish with 20, um, which is kind of just a nice sensation. Yeah, so fun to watch. All right. Uh, two more players and comps I'll, I'll touch on here. Uh, this one I'll make quick. Uh, Hassan Reddick, who came one of my favorite players really just this last year after watching him closely on the Eagles. Uh, a nice combination of wins incredibly co- quickly, has incredible get-off um, and hand technique to to beat his uh you know his, the opposing tackle or wherever he's lined up very quickly but then also has the relentlessness to at his size uh also get effort sacks which you don't you don't see a lot from uh you know 240 pound defensive ends um the reason i wanted to make sure uh we talked about him is just because nolan smith out of georgia is just the the perfect size and stylistic comp to hassan reddick um, Hassan Reddick was more productive at Temple than Hassan Red- or than uh, Nolan Smith was at Georgia, but we all know that these Georgia players don't typically rack up the stats that other college programs do because they have so much talent that they're just constantly rotating out. Um, but Nolan Smith, I believe, ran a four three nine. That's a four three nine as yeah. a 238 pound edge rusher um so he has all that athleticism that you want out of a player that's going to win with with speed um set him up as a sam linebacker uh outside linebacker in a in a um you know in a in a three four scheme have him rush the, rush the passer and then also have him drop back into coverage uh occasionally and use his athleticism to match up with tight ends and, and running backs just like Hassan Reddick does I mean I think Nolan Smith is just like go get yourself a Hassan Reddick and if you're fine with the the size uh constraints that he lines up almost exactly from a physical standpoint and an explosive standpoint um so that's just a quick one I wanted to shout out because the the comp is so pure um and then bringing back the things back to more of a fantasy dynasty perspective if you liked yourself a zach Ertz, if you liked yourself a dependable tight end that maybe wasn't going to block his ass off and you know maybe wasn't going to be the george kittle yards after the catch guy but that was going to create separation was going to catch the ball was going to get open against linebackers no problem um and was going to have some uh you know straight line athleticism um to to help you make plays in the intermediate area of the field then Dalton Kincaid is going to be your guy um seeing a, a a few Travis Kelsey comps floating out there for Dalton Kincaid um that's silly um you know like yeah. you know <laughs> until he's you know in his year eight of a thousand receiving yards um with you know having gone from alex smith and then to patrick mahomes you know uh and then losing tyree kill and still managing to turn in a record season then we can probably chill on any travis kelsey uh comps but mm-hmm. I, I do like the zach Ernst comp for a player that 
has decent, decent athleticism at the position, uh, really nice hands, really nice route running, but isn't the most physical player, isn't the heaviest player, and is essentially a, a glorified wide receiver. Um, and then Zachert's obviously one of my favorite players, probably um, an eagle that that bridged two eras of Eagles fandom uh, for me. Like I'm sure you have players like that that were there for like the end of Tom, but also were like an exciting player at the beginning of this this new era. And that's kind of Zachert's for me. Is you know he he caught the Super Bowl winning touchdown in 2017, but was still you know producing and, and being a reliable Eagle as things sort of fell apart in the in the years that followed and as they brought in his replacement in Dallas Goddard and it was always a class act uh, through all of that. So always loved me some Zach Ertz. And if if you want the a future Zach Ertz on your fantasy team, go get get you some Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, glad you brought up tight ends. I am very much curious uh, how dynasty rookie drafts will go uh, as the tight ends get drafted into the NFL because Everyone needs a tight end. There's only like three or four good ones. And if you don't have those, you're looking for the next one. And uh, arguably a great class this year. Somebody's drafting a tight end in the first round, potentially two tight ends in the first round. Uh, So there's going to be high draft capital. There's going to be a reason to get excited. And I, I can imagine a world where in single quarterback dynasty rookie drafts, there's a tight end going in the first round. So it's going to be exciting, I think. Yeah, there a landing spot will be a big determinant, but definitely take a tight end in, in this year's rookie class if if you're playing dynasty. Just as an example, like okay, 2020, Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth, or I guess that was 2021 actually. Um, I can't even remember who the top tight end was in last year's class, which is embarrassing because you know he was probably a a highly drafted player. Who was going off the board at tight end last year? That is a great question. Um, the uh, the summary is he's not probably the most highly sought after tight end in his class after the year. Right. Well, the, the point is this year, Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, yeah. Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta. I can name so many tight ends that could be a, a day two or day uh, even a day one pick. And... Yeah, I'm struggling to find the first tight end drafted. But I, I'm going to get there before this end of this episode. <laughs> and yeah. It was Trey McBride. That's right. Trey McBride. Oh, yeah. Who, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, yeah. Ar- arguably, Dulcich and uh, Ochig or Chig Okwankwo are are probably above him at this point from his same class. So Exactly. Dul- and Dulcich... Uh, Compares mostly to Dalton Kincaid, if if you want to, you know, close the thread there. But yeah, just uh, last year was not a great year for tight ends. This year is a fantastic year to draft a tight end in rookie formats or dynasty drafts, rather. Um, all right, so those are some players we like, and those are players in the NFL draft that kind of compare to him. Any uh, closing thoughts, Dan? Uh, please draft JSN patriots uh please do that uh but don't ruin him make this the one make this the one and then trade mac jones like get get a get lamar like do some do some fun do stuff something. i want to get excited yeah. again. listen listen someone the patriots fans are, are hurting they haven't uh, success in uh 
in a, in a long, long, long. It's long been time. a tough couple of decades, let me tell you. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I mean, I personally think the way that sports work is the Patriots are going to be mediocre for the next decade. And people have to sort of start forgetting the name Tom Brady before excitement bubbles up in, in that, uh, in that, or at least Belichick has to go. And then there has but, to be, there has to be a, a, a flaming out before there can be a Phoenix rising from the ashes. Yeah. yeah I hate to say it, but Belichick's got to go. I'm on Robert Kraft's side there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, his time is done. And like Belichick in New England, our time is done as well. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Nathan, you were very eloquent with those draft comps. I appreciate your expertise and the hours you spend on that because it's far more than me. But uh, it's been a fun episode. Yeah. And fortunately, I, I get paid a lot of money from, uh, you know, a lot of powerful media institutions to do all of that work. So no doubt. Uh, yeah, just rolling in it. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.